It is Thursday, December the 9th. It's raining cats and dogs outside. BBG Towers, it's a miserable old evening. So it is. Nice to be speaking with you, though. Thank you for finding me again. Do join in with the chat today on richieallen.co.uk. That's my website. If you'd like to leave a message for me, a comment or something, comment live on the menu bar. It's... uh, it's easy, it's pretty straightforward. It's the BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yeah, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm always here. Where else would I be? Uh, I did tell you on Monday and several times on Tuesday that I was going to be away yesterday, but I still got the emails. Where are you? Where's the program? Why isn't it uploaded? Just clean out your ears. (laughs) Clean out your blooming ears. Clean out your looming ears. Do doctors still syringe ears? Do you remember back in the day that was all the rage? If you're over 40, you'll have heard that regularly. Back in the day, folks were always going to get their ears syringed from their doctor. I could never figure that out. Did you ever hear of cotton buds, did you? Did you? Q-tips. Did you ever hear of cotton buds, did you? Anyway. There's some good news amongst all the doom and gloom. Boris Johnson and his wife Carrie Johnson, or Simons Johnson, they've had a baby girl. So they are. <laughs> They're talking about it on the news. Who gives a shite? Why did you bring it up then, Baldy? Well, I'm already filling, you know. Three minutes into the programme, I'm already filling. I'm going to fill for 90 minutes or two hours. I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, Dick Out is trending on Twitter. Dick Out. No, nothing to do with exposing one's appendage. No, it's all about Police Commissioner Cressida Dick or the Met Police Commissioner Cressida Dick, Dick out. She's being hammered on social media for failing to arrest the attendees of the Downing Street Christmas Party 2020. You following that old jazz? We won't talk too much about that because it doesn't matter. There are those who believe that the 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 the, the move to Plan B COVID restrictions is somehow part of some cover up of the party. That's nonsense. The party is a distraction to keep people killing one another on social media about such things. We might get into some of that a bit later on. What else is making the news before we dive into the COVID nonsense? Um, I don't know about you, but I don't care if the Chinese put all the Uyghur Muslims in jail, do you? I just couldn't give an arse. It's not top of my priorities at the moment. And I'm still going to watch the Winter Olympics anyway. Don't care how many Uyghurs are in prison in China. None of my business. That's what I say. Anyway, shall we do it then, shall we? Shall we dive into the COVID crap? All right. I am. I've become more cynical in the last few weeks. I've become more cynical. Well, the big story last night as I was completing my my out-of-town duties, my out-of-show duties, was that Boris Johnson announced that England will indeed move to Plan B COVID restrictions next Friday. I give over, Scylla. It's not as if we couldn't see that coming. 
the surprise you see. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. So plan B. Do you remember when they said we, we've got some plans just in case the COVID comes back kind of strong during the winter? Do you remember? Plan A was we kind of toddle along doing as we are doing. And if things get a bit dicey, plan B. So they're going to bring in plan B. You hear that, Tom? No. Could you repeat it? Because I, I can't believe my fucking ears. They're bringing in plan B. Vaccine passports and whatnot. So from Friday, the legal requirement to wear a face covering or a face nappy or a face diaper, it'll be extended in England to most indoor public venues. So if you're going to the cinema or the theatre, you'll have to mask yourself up. But there will be exemptions for things such as eating. (laughs) Well, thank God for that. COVID passes will become mandatory for nightclubs and venues where large crowds tend to assemble. What does that include? Well, it includes unseated indoor venues with more than 500 people, unseated outdoor venues with more than 5,000 people, and any venue, whether it has seats or not, with more than sen, sen, with more than 10,000 people. Yes. So foosball, football and rugby, you're going to have to have a COVID pass to get in to your local stadium. Johnson said two doses will be good enough for you to qualify for a COVID pass, but this will be re- reviewed once the boosters are rolled out. So it's good for two jabs now. But then it'll be three jabs. And of course, the human Heinz Bean-headed Sajid Javid. That's Heinz Bean for a head, Sajid Javid. He's bought another 114 million doses of a COVID jab. Enough for everybody in the country to have booster number four and booster number five. Ah, Johnson. Of course, this is the useless fat bastard who said that there wouldn't be any backward step after so-called Freedom Day last July. We said then that he was lying. It's no fun being right. The fallout from that to come shortly. We'll get into it. Congratulations to Colm Henry, by the way. If you're listening, Colm, congratulations. Uh, The Chief Clinical Officer of Ireland's Health Service Executive... He's another scientific little tyrant, is Colin Henry. The media asked him today, how many Omicron cases are in Ireland there, Colin? And Colin said, well, sure, sure, there's one. What kind of fuckery is this? One! One! There's one, is there? Did you shoot the bastard and close the borders, Colin? You didn't? Why not? Sadly... Henry was addressing the media to discuss the rollout of jabs to 5 to 11-year-olds in Ireland, which has very recently been approved. It's seven and a half minutes past the hour. How am I feeling? Am I feeling well there? I'm feeling. I'm doing well. I'm flailing. I'm like a duck on the River Thames. It all looks serene and pristine on the surface, but underneath the old legs are flailing around in the icy depths. It's me and you, you see, today. Some guests. I just didn't want any guests. I invited one guest. And he said, I'll come on with you next week, Richie. I said, great. And then I thought, I don't want to be talking to anybody. So we're just going to have a chat, me and you. And that's just the way it is. It's the way I like it today. 
the way I like it. So back to plan B from Friday. Masks, theatres, cinemas, indoor public venues, stadiums, uh, COVID passes for stadiums, vaccine passports. They said none of this would happen. We knew they were lying and we said it at the time. We knew it was a guarantee. Let's start with a giggle then. Little bit of a giggle. Why not? We like a giggle. Uh, talk radio. It's a pretty average radio station. It's a loss leader for its umbrella group. It's got some very average presenters. You might say that Julia Hartley Brewer is about the best of them, and that ain't saying too much now, is it, Paddy? They do these cheesy old smashy and nicey handovers. Do you remember them? Made famous by the BBC Radio 1 jocks back in the day. Noel Edmonds and DLT Dave Lee Travis and David Kidd Jensen. Arseholes, patronising, insider jokes, just crap. Noel Edmonds, a talented guy when it comes to the game shows. What a crap presenter he was. And all of them, Dave Lee Travis, rubbish. With their handovers, these cheesy handovers. I was working for a station in Spain some years ago and they said to me, now I was drive time now, prime time, right? They said, let the guy come on with you at the end, the guy who's coming on after you. Let him come on every evening for the last few minutes. And I said, no fucking way. I've just spent the day producing a radio show on me own and it's gone well. I'm not having it ballsed up by some cheesy chat with some tosser who bought his own radio show because he's not good enough to be on the radio. He had to pay for it through advertising. I'll mention he's coming on, but he can wait in the presenter lounge until the news is on. Don't get in my way. <laughs> Do you think I was really like that? Of course I was. Now, so talk radio still carries on with that shit. But it's funny though, especially when a dude called Kevin O'Sullivan hands over to James Whale. Seemingly, they don't get on. But I think there's a touch of the WWE's about this. We all thought that Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant hated one another. We believed it. That it was a blood... It was a blood curse between them. A blood feud. But of course they were pals. Maybe this is the same. Listen to O'Sullivan handing over to James Whale. Oh, you approve of what the government's done, do you? Absolutely. I think they could have... I... You would like a lockdown, would you? No, and I won't be actually taking part in a lockdown. Why not? Will you approve of all these restrictions? The lockdown is caused by idiots like you refusing to get your jab and not That's a lie. Masks. You don't know whether or not I've got don't the vaccine. Shut up, Kevin, don't tell me that so I haven't much. had the vaccine when you, you have no idea. Don't you, tell me that. Do not tell it. me. Don't Come tell on, lies. Kevin. Don't burst a blood vessel. Or well, you don't your heart say that. Blow. Don't you no, know nothing you, about okay, whether or not I've had a vaccine? Case, so do not case, speculate. Do not speculate. I can do the old like. man. Do not do, speculate. Now go away. Stick with James Whale. He's going to uh, support all the new restrictions. He loves the fact they've ruined your Christmas. He wants lockdowns. He loves <laughs> vaccinations. He loves mandatory vaccines. What a guy. Stick with him from 10pm until 1am. You've been an amazing audience. I yeah, Carlsberg doesn't do jock handovers. But if it did, it wouldn't come anywhere near Talk Radio. The time is coming up for 12 minutes past five. It's me and you... For as long as I can fill. How about that? I want to talk to you. 
We'll have a go at it anyway. This is Mika on the Richie Allen Show. Mika, Mika, it's a biscuit, it's a bar. Tomato, tomato. I think it's Mika and Grace Kelly. Always loved that song. It's uh, quarter past five. Drive time with me, Richie Allen, on Long Wave. We're on Long Wave today. Thank you for the messages that have come in thus far. Hi to Abdel, hi to John Spargo. John says, who wants to march on Downing Street? Pitchforks in hand. Come on, John. we got to be a bit more clever than that. Pitchforks. <laughs> You're better off with a hurley and a bag of slitters than a pitchfork. That's that's my opinion anyway. Thanks, John. Hi to Lucy, to Elizabeth, to Colin and Kerry, to Caroline Feely, Patricia in Zurich, to Charlie Burton, who says we should all stay strong. True bloods. We're true bloods if we've not had the jabs. Is that what you mean, Charlie? He says we can overcome this tyranny if we all stick together. Let's stick together. Yeah. I agree with that too. Let's stick together, beat cheapers. Hi to Patrick Vidian who says Jeremy Vine looks like Satan personified in the still pick on the article on the Richie Allen website. Thank you, Patrick. Well, all right. I'll go along with that too then. I'm I'm planning on being very agreeable during the programme. Uh, good evening, Vicky. Good evening to you. Good evening to Darren McCready, who says uh, Plan B has come to pass. Wonder what it, what's in store in 2022. Bente, bente dos. I have no idea. I have an idea, but I'm not going to say. It's depressing. Angela Lambert says, just need to eat a lot of popcorn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Just sit back. I'm planning on doing that. I said that some months ago. Just get a couple of deck chairs for the front lawn. Just uh, just rock, just sit down, chill out. Bit of sunbathing, even in, even in the spring. A couple of litres of Bacardi, buckets of Coke, and just say to hell with everything. Hi to Jake. Hi to Eamon Blaney. Eamon, how are you? Um, I'll be in touch, Eamon, before too long. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the reminder. I'm up to me absolute tonsils at the moment. Hi to Mark and Mindy. Hi to Bruce, who says, Richie, you left out Simon Bates. I effing hated him. Our tune, for Christ's sakes, is Bruce. Our tune, Simon Bates, God be with the days. Absolute mont. Yes, to speak with me, richieallen.co.uk, comment live menu bar. It couldn't be easier. New rules then. Now look, in my opinion, there isn't any such thing as the Omicron variant. You must take my opinion with a massive dose of salt, because I don't have any scientific credentials. You know... I I nearly killed my science teacher when when he was he was showing us the Van de Graaff generator. Is that what it's called? That silly thing where you put your hand on it and all your hair goes up in the air. But but you need to be earthed or not earthed. I gave a shock to my science teacher anyway, just by fooling around. Van de Graaff generator, right? Is that what it was called? So I've no qualifications, so take what I tell you with a massive dose of salt. But I have been saying in recent weeks that we are hearing constantly on the nation's radio and television programmes, we are hearing talk about what needs to be done about anti-vaxxers. This is, uh, there's, there's been an avalanche of it, and I've played many, many sound bites. I have said, in my opinion, I've got to preface everything by saying, in my opinion. If I ask you to do that, I need to do it myself. I need to remind myself. It is my opinion, that's all it is that we've been primed or conditioned for a day 
sometime next year when the government will say it's time to deal with the unjabbed. We can't keep shutting down society because of their unwillingness, their lack of coming forth. Now, nothing that has happened since then has changed my mind on this. Speaking to Radio 4 this morning, Health Secretary Sajid Javid said that mandatory jabs will not be pursued by his government. He said such a thing would be unethical. I don't believe him. Let's hear from the Heinz Bean for a head, Health Secretary, that is Sajid Javid speaking on Radio 4 with Michal Hussein Sajid. If you're asking me about universal mandatory vaccination, as some countries in Europe have said that they will do, uh, at a practical level, I just don't think it would work because well, uh, I, getting vaccinated should be a positive decision. See, and, and it sounds from what the Prime Minister is saying is that he has a different view on it. I don't believe we can keep going indefinitely with restrictions on people's way of life just because a substantial proportion of the population will still, sadly, not get vaccinated. Why should everyone live with restrictions if some people are not coming forward? Well, it's it's important that everyone that is offered a vaccine, I think that they, they take up that offer, not just to protect themselves, but to protect those that are around them, protect their loved ones. But it has to be a positive decision. Uh, I just don't think you can you can you know, force someone. You might you might do it in, in, in one particular day. But what about when you need booster jabs? And, and, and you, so you need no a, need for this national conversation. I, then. Well, no, I think what the prime minister was referring to was uh, the conversation that's already taking place about people whether that are working certain settings in the NHS and so don't do that don't be a liar all your life you hopeless whoring liar when Johnson said a national conversation needs to be had he was not speaking about mandating jabs for social care workers or NHS workers that ship has sailed that's already been done he was referring to the unjabbed in the population Sajid you lying little baxter. Social care, that, that has been a debate in Parliament. Uh, we are Yeah, just let's leave him there, Heinz Bean for a head. Okay. You know what's interesting, but unsurprising, but still interesting, is they've obviously, the media has gone to town on this, this story about while everything was locked down last year, while people were being denied access. This is genuinely dreadful, of course it is, while people were told you can't go to funerals of loved ones, while people were told they couldn't hold the hands of their very elderly relatives, mums and dads, grandparents, as they were slipping away, that they weren't allowed to do that to protect us all from COVID last Christmas, that the government or departments of government were having parties and laughing at everybody else. So the media has gone to town on this. And predictably, the public are outraged by it. And yes, you might say they have a point. But they're also outraged at the announcement of the new COVID measures. So they're outraged. And I've seen some Vox Pops this afternoon where people are saying in town centres with Sky reporters, BBC reporters, oh, it's dreadful, just had enough of this. But they are not demanding an end to lockdowns this very minute. They're raging at the Tories, the departments of government that had their Christmas parties last year, while they, the great unwashed, the public, were at home and obeying the rules. That's astonishing. Now, I know you might say, you're naive, Richie, 
the media edits out maybe maybe some of these vox pops maybe they maybe they do meet people on the street who say I've had enough of the measures I've had enough of it COVID is a hoax or the pandemic is a hoax and maybe they edit out those clips you might be right but I'm willing to believe that the majority of people are cheesed off at the Christmas parties and not at the fact that they're being locked down again in an arbitrary fashion with no reasoning scientifically given for the lockdown that's going to come because it's a guarantee plan B masks in nightclubs uh, not masks in nightclubs plan B masks in cinemas masks in theatres and you need to have vaccine passports to go to soccer matches or rugby matches yes that's what they're moving to later this week but you can guarantee they'll come back on the 16th, the 17th or the 18th. He's scheduled to address the nation on December 18th and they might very well then say to people that they need to stay home again and non-essential businesses need to be closed. Maybe. The public are not annoyed about the prospect of that happening again. They're more annoyed by whether parties were had or not. It's bizarre is what it is. It's 24 minutes past the hour. Okay. Um, Going to have another tune. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about mandating the jabs. And I'll read more of your comments. It is Thursday's Richie Allen radio show, live from BBG Towers, here in the great city of Salford. My name is Richie Allen. This is your show, Monday to Thursday, 5 to 7. Sunday mornings, 10 to midday, Sunday morning melodies. Catch the radio shows on Podomatic.com. Or your regular podcast provider. Speaking of the Bride of Satan, this is her back in the day. 1981 or two, I can't remember. It's called Holiday. Holiday Holiday from Madonna. I'm looking forward to my Christmas holiday. I don't mind telling you. You might be as well. Spiro Skouras is on the ball. Top man, great friend of the programs. How are you doing, Spiro? Uh, do read him at activistpost.com. Check out his YouTube channel too. He sent me a link to a clip that um, it's Anthony Fauci who advises the US government on its pandemic response. Dr. Anthony Fauci. He's given an interview to MSNBC today where the subject of compulsory jabbing came up. Have a listen. Yeah, but, you know, Andrew, we we really have to get people vaccinated. I mean, I understand and we all understand how people do not like to be told what to do. They want to make their own choice and their own free will. I get that and I respect that. But these are unusual times. And you can't think only of yourself and your own personal opinion, but you've got to think about your communal responsibility to get yourself and your family and indirectly then the community protected. So I would prefer, and we all would prefer, that people would be voluntarily getting vaccinated. But if they're not going to do that, sometimes you've got to do things that are unpopular, but that clearly supersede individual choices and are directed predominantly at the communal good. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about requirements. Mm, Fauci. Uh, The tyranny drips off their tongues, doesn't it? Drips from their tongues. Fauci there talking compulsory vaccinations for all on MSNBC earlier. Cheers for that, Spiro. Tyranny.
Wells Baker says they need 85% of the population to buy in. Not for health, but for CBDCs, says Wes Baker. Thanks, Wes. Uh, Martin says, a mate messaged me to say that they're building prisons up north in the UK. I expect they'll be funded by the WHO, World Health Organization, Fauci, and pharma companies. Reckon they'll be coming for us and knocking us up, says Martin. I don't know about that, Martin. I'm not going to say you're wrong, because I don't know. Um, somebody, I'm not going to read out that stupid handle, so I'm just going to read the comment. Richie, how about getting David Parker and Dawn Lester on the show? Never heard of them, but thanks. They're, they're, they're authors. They've written, they've written books, have they? I'll check them out then. Why not? I'll put them at the top or at the bottom of a long list. So I will. Cheers. Vivisection there. Uh, hi to Tracy McCallum. That's Nurse Tracy. How you doing, Tracy? Nice to know you're listening today. Uh, she says, Richie, have you heard LBC's interview with Professor Norman Fenton? I haven't, but I'll check it out. I can check back on demand. Apparently, there's some interesting stats on the jabs. Thanks, Tracy. I'll get right on to that. Banjo says, I think Bojo will go eventually. Dominic Raab will step in, and that's when things will really kick off, because he's a real evil bastard. Says Pancho. I don't see Rob as being any more or any less awful than Johnson, personally. But then, what the hell do I know? Joan in Toronto is asking about the maths question to log in to RichieAllen.co.uk. That's a Hayden Hewitt thing, and it's a good thing. The mathematical equation you're asked to fill in is to stop spam spammers. I think, yeah. I think so, to stop automatic logins by computer programs. That's what I'm led to believe anyway. Yes, Eamon, I will be in touch, Eamon Blaney, fellow Paddy. I will, Eamon, just give me just give me a couple of days, I'm up to me tonsils. Hi to Katja, who's in South Africa. I'm pretty sure came on the program on Tuesday. She, uh, well, I know she did because she said it would be so lovely if all of us pure bloods could be neighbours in our own little republic. How's that? Stand together more easily then, says Katya. Yes, well, I suppose if the, if the worst comes to the worst, or if the worst comes to the worst, yes, I will give out my general geographical location. And if you want to start buying up houses around me, and you want to move in, well, I won't object. I won't put in planning permission objections to the local authority, or any of that nonsense. But I won't be babysitting your, your god-awful children, do you hear me? None of that shite. And you won't be coming around to spend time with me because I don't like you. I don't like anybody. But you're welcome to buy in my neighbourhood if you want to build some sort of republic of, I don't know, of pure bloods. Hi to Richard Kelly, to Noel Cox, hi to Dell in Stoke-on-Trent. Ah, this is lovely. Dell was on, not the recent phone-in, but the one before that, to say that his lovely missus was pregnant and she was expecting really soon. He says, Richie, after my phone call on the show, a couple of weeks after the phone call on the show, I'm pleased to tell you my wife gave birth to a baby boy. Both are doing really well. Uh, keep up the great work, says Del. Del, congratulations. You've got to wet the baby's head. Have a few sherbets, have a few whiskies, a few lemonades, whatever. Del, I'm really pleased for you both. If you both made all the very best with that. Kind of half jealous too. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a little boy or a little girl running around annoying me. As long as it's mine. Nobody else's. 
Hi to Aaron Brown. How you doing, Aaron? Enjoyed the tune yesterday, pal. Uh, for a Tuesday. Thank you. That's Azza Brown. Really enjoyed it, in fact. Uh, Charlie says, Richie, my expert analysis on the past 48 hours in politics is, experts says Charlie, I love it, is that yes, this is all staged and at the end uh, that the means are justifying is the health passport. Stir up disobedience with the number 10 party story, stir it up some more with more COVID lockdown measures and then peak anger with the mandated jabs conversation. Then once the Johnson junta falls, Johnson Hunter falls. The political fallout distracts from the excess deaths and health passports come in as the solution. Fate accompli, says Charlie. Charlie, I, I think you're fairly bang on there. I think you're on the money. Simon says, Richie, I wanted to say I don't listen to your show till 8 o'clock. Thank you, Simon. I never miss it. It makes my day listening to someone who understands what I understand. There's not many where I live, he says. Keep up the work and your guests are second to none. Thank you, Simon. That's very kind of you. No guests today, though. I'm on my own. I'm on me lonesome. And I'm delighted. I'm absolutely delighted about that. I don't want to be talking to the likes of you on the phone-ins today. No, do you know what it is? I I had a a moment today for the first time. No, no, that, that would be a lie. And I don't tell lies. For the second or third time in seven years, I had a moment. Now, every time I've had these moments in the past, I have overcome them. Twice in the past, I've thought, I just can't do this. I'll make up an excuse and I will not do the show. Each time I thought that, I didn't cry off the show because I pride myself on being a professional. Only miss a show if you've got a very good reason. And I've done well over 1,500 shows in seven years. So I've done lots of shows. Today I had one of those days, I'm so sick of everything, that at quarter to four, I looked at the the two puppies. I looked at El Frogo Tremendo. I looked at myself in the mirror. I looked at them again. Then I looked at a nudie magazine for three minutes. And then I looked at them again and I thought, I can't do this today. But then I thought, you will do it. You baldy backstard. You'll do it and you'll like it. You'll do it and you will like it, son. And I, and I thought, you know, you might be looking forward to it. That's what I thought. You might be actually waiting for it. So for the third time I thought about crying off and I didn't. I'm, I'm here. I want no credit for that, by the way. You, sh- you shouldn't get any credit for doing your job. But just to let you know, 24 minutes to the top of the hour. It's time to talk... About Jeremy Vine. Asahola, they call him in Spain. Senor Asahola. He works for Channel 5 and BBC Radio 2. This morning, on his panel television show, he had Andrew Pierce, the Tory boy, who's a Daily Mail columnist, columnist, and he had the Fleet Street Fox, or Susie Boniface. Uh, Basically, the theme of the discussion was... What shall we do with the unjabbed? What should we do with the unjabbed? The evidence is overwhelming in favour of the vaccinations, and I cannot understand for the life. I should have told you this is Tory by Pierce. The evidence is overwhelming in favour of the vaccinations, and I cannot understand for the life of me why sensible people are not behaving sensibly and just getting on with it. They're just reading this rubbish on the internet, and that's what it is. It's poisonous propaganda, 
and uh, that evidence is overwhelming. Well, I tell you, I mean, we've done it so many times on the show. You will have heard this, Andrew. It's 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 not it's been on it's not on trial yet, or it hasn't been trial. Which even though, and then the other thing is, and this is understandable. People who are pregnant say, well, they they told us not to take it originally, which is because it was And that advice and that advice has changed. Yes, it and has. we still know the majority of people with COVID in hospital, the majority of them have not been vaccinated. Mm. How does he know? Yeah. How does Andrew Pierce know that? Because somebody told him on the telly. Some scientists came on TV and said the majority of people in hospitals are unjabbed. Does Andrew Pierce know that if you've only had one jab, you are considered to be unjabbed? Does he know that now, if you've had two jabs but not your booster, they are classifying you as being unjabbed? Does he know that or does he care? Hmm. You, you love uh, Jeremy Vine at the end, yeah. Yes, is Vine. Don't challenge any of that. That's why he gets the big bucks just like Kay Borley. Let's hear more. No doubt about it. Those yeah. figures are clear. And uh, you, you, Yeah, of course. And uh, you know, if we can get... Uh, uh, of course. But how does he know those figures are clear? Has he seen any figures? Has he looked at any data? Any real data? Has he mined it? Has he gone through it? Obviously not. He... He's just saying what somebody else told him to say. You get to a situation where you get it, but you don't get seriously ill, then effectively it's not a problem for us anymore. So what would you do? What would you do? You just want to encourage? I think what needs to be... This is Susie Boniface now. ...to be done is something more about saying, instead of when, when there are restrictions coming in, safety measures coming in, instead of going, this is the government, this is the government's fault, or blaming the government, we need to start blaming anti-vaxxers. What? We need to start blaming who? But don't blame the government. Blame who? Blame us? Blame you? Blame government's me? Government's fault. Or blaming the government. We need to start blaming anti-vaxxers because it is those, the people who are spreading the misinformation to normally innocent, reasonable people who on social media are just going down this rabbit hole of things that are supporting. Once you start interacting with something, you show more of the same, you see. So a lot of people, it's... They're... She doesn't get the irony of that. Once you start interacting with something, she says, you get shown more of the same. No sense of irony there, Susie Boniface. Very innocent. By the way, they never mention what the misinformation is. This is a standard, tried and tested trick of the media. Talk about misinformation, but never allude to it in a way that the listener or the viewer understands exactly to the letter which misinformation are you talking about. Because they can't, because when people say the jabs are killing people, they are killing people. Lots of people. Millions of people. So just keep saying misinformation, but don't give any further information. Be very vague. And, and being misinformed. But they, and they started and saying it's people who don't get vaccines that are responsible for the safety measures we're having to impose. And yet the, and ah, the people who haven't been jabbed are responsible for the safety measures they are imposing or reimposing this winter. A lot of these people, Susie, they have the flu jab. They have the flu jab. No, we fucking don't. But oh, they won't have, have a burger. The, yeah. They have a burger, says Jeremy Vine. They, they won't have a vaccine for COVID, but they'll have a burger. I don't know what's in a burger if I eat one. Mm. Exactly. I don't know what's in my toothpaste. I still brush my teeth. Exactly. And, they drink and that explains a lot, that she doesn't understand what's in her toothpaste. Brushed my teeth this morning. She says, I don't know what's in the toothpaste. Fluoride, love. Fluoride. And it might go some way to explaining why you haven't got a Scooby-Doo as to what's really going on. Alcohol. And uh, they might smoke, but they won't take the vaccine. Yeah. Mad. I was talking to a, a, mad. a, a kidney... We're con mad. You're mad. ...consultant who said, we, we have, we've got a very ill patient 
who we're having to give. Oh yeah, this, this is a, listen to this little anecdote from Jeremy Vine, the presenter. It's, it's really interesting. Smoke, but they won't take the vaccine. Yeah, mad. I was talking to a, They're a, mad. A, a kidney consultant. He was talking to a kidney consultant. And he said, we, we have, we've got a very ill patient who we're having to give kind of off-label medication to that hasn't been fully tested, but we've just got to try it. Mm. They're delighted to have it, but they won't have the vaccine. <laughs> a kidney consultant told Jeremy Vine, we're giving an off-the-label off-label medicine that hasn't been tested to a guy with kidney or, or a woman with kidney problems and that person is happy to take that risk but won't have the vaccine. Well, what does that tell you, Vine? You insufferable gobshite. What does that tell you? People know these jabs are dangerous. Let's hear more of Jeremy Vine. Five million people who persistently and why? sort of quite insistently say, well, we'll not have the vaccine. Yeah, she really is dim. It's actually six and a half million adults who have said no and haven't even had one of the little pricks. Six and a half million have said no. 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 So she's wrong. It's six and a half million. And a small proportion of them that may get Omicron and die is enough to cause the NHS well, serious yeah, yeah. problems. You this, raise a fascinating issue. You raise a fascinating issue. Due to those anti-vaxxers. Okay. It's thanks to them. Well, that's, it's thanks to the anti-vaxxers. That's a very interesting issue because what we've seen for the first time here is them starting to look at this because they're starting to say, you're going to a nightclub, we want you to be double jabbed. I think you can also show a lateral flow as well. So... But, but do you think they should now say, look, the five million, I'm sorry, you've run out of excuses now. You've got to get jabbed. I think you've got to, you can't make anyone do it. And the doctors and nurses agree that's not a good idea. But I think we do have to make it socially unacceptable. And in the same way as drink driving or something else. The <laughs> problem, we can't enforce it even if we imposed compulsory vaccination. We don't have an identity card in this country. So how would you, what, the police well, are going to stop no, people in the well, street and say, have you been jabbed? Well, that's what they do in Austria. So what they do, yeah. they get, they, you're in the hairdresser. You're in the hairdresser. The, the, I don't know if they're inspectors or police or what, they come in and they say, can we just check everyone's double jabbed? If you're not, you're fined. Mm. And if they've got any un, unjabbed people as customers, then the hairdresser gets a fine that's yeah. twice as big. Wow. If the customers are unjabbed, the hairdresser gets twice the fine of the dirty, rotten, unjabbed person. And in the end, it, but I mean, people get very angry when it's stop and let us see your papers. Part of the your your that, paper gets yeah, angry about that. We do, that. but part of the reason we've got the new restrictions is to encourage people to be jabbed. Because if you want to go to a nightclub, you're going to have to be double well, jabbed. Yeah. Or a problem. football match, rugby match, uh, the theatre, cinema. But what about the Singapore option where they say if you, if you are not jabbed and you get it, you pay for your health care? Well, if we, mm. that's a slippery... I can see the... The temptation that it's a slippery slope because then yeah. we start saying we're going to charge people who smoke. Smokers, and stuff. Exactly. But of course, smokers already pay through their tax to some yeah. extent. But I think part of the issue is that we call this restrictions. You call it draconian. We call it restricting our liberties and freedoms. If we called it safety measures, <laughs> then how can people like Alexandra or someone else go, well, I object to more safety measures? It's like objecting to your safety belt in your car or a speed limit. You don't object to the speed limit. People just don't want to be told safe. what to do. That's, that's the key thing. Is they don't want the, the, the state to tell them. And I, 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 I see this so much on Twitter, it's just, and they, the, 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 this false information goes wild. This false information goes wild, says Jeremy Vine. I hope to God, I hope to God, I'm not as dumb as you make out. I prayed to the baby Jesus that Jeremy Vine did not get a placebo. Please, God. Some of the Tories are pissed off. They've been on telly. William Rag. Desmond Swain, Mark Harper, they're properly pissed off at the move, moving to Plan B. 
And a funny thing happened this afternoon. Charlie Sansom is the chairman of South Basildon Conservatives. He is the chair of the South Basildon Conservatives. He's not happy. He decided to resign live on BBC Radio Essex. Squandatory. I am actually going to leave the party because of this. I cannot morally defend a party that I consider to be moving in a very tyrannical direction. And I'll be sending in my written resignation to my chairman later on today. What do you have to do to leave the party? Just a written letter of resignation and, and that's it? That's it. Yeah. Um, how long have you been a Conservative for? I've been Conservative-minded all my life. I've been a member of the party for about three years. Um, and I've worked, you know, tirelessly campaigning for the party. But um, I think my my morality, this something in my stomach, my gut feeling just tells me this is not right. And... I can't keep my mouth closed about this anymore. Come and on, Charlie. I therefore have to do what I think is right for me. Have you chatted to other members of, I mean, presumably the South Basildon Conservatives, have a WhatsApp group? Have you, has there been similar views expressed to you from other members? Are they following suit? I think it's best that others speak for themselves. People do have views. Um, people do have views which they share with me, which are very similar to my views. And some people don't. It's very divisive. Um, so, therefore, I'll only speak for myself. Massive election now in South Basildon to elect the new chair of the South Basildon Conservatives. Charlie, go on, Charlie. Charlie Sansom, nothing to Kenny Sansom, apparently, has decided to quit in protest at the totalitarian nature of the world that he lives in. It's uh, coming up for 13 minutes to the top of the hour. My pal and your pal... Jean-Anne Crowley says, and this is very good, she says, they seem awfully keen on fascism, Richie. Give them German accents and make the radio crackly and we could almost be back in the 1930s. Excellent point, my friend. This is Lily Allen. I don't know if you know, but she's Keith Allen's daughter. This is Smile on the Richie Allen Show. Lily Allen and Smile on the Richie Allen Show. The time is 10 minutes to 6 o'clock. You're listening to the world's most listened to independent news radio show broadcasting live from Salford BBG Towers. Hey, listen, it's Cobra Kai season four. Is it season three or four? Is it season four now? Has it dropped yet? That's what the kids say. Has it dropped? I love that series, Cobra Kai. Love a bit of that. Paint the fence, sand the floor. Love a bit of it. I rooted for the bad guys in Karate Kid. I loved Crease, the guy who ran the Cobra Kai gin. Jim, gin. Gin. He ran the gin too. Uh, ran the gym. I, I rooted for him. I love a bit of Crease. I didn't like that snotty-nosed little bastard Daniel LaRusso and his sneaky little Japanese POW pal. Didn't like him. I was uh, rooting for, for, uh, for Crease and for Johnny Lawrence. Johnny Lawrence of the Cobra Kai. Karate Kid. I think I saw that in the cinema in 84 and fell head over heels in love with Elizabeth Chu. But who didn't? That's the question. Who didn't fall head over heels in love with Elizabeth Chu and Adventures in Babysitting? Went to see that in the cinema. That was called A Night on the Town in America. And they changed the name of the film to Adventures in Babysitting for the for the Europeans who wouldn't, stupid Europeans who wouldn't know what a night on the town meant. 
We wouldn't know what a night on the town means now, would we? Would we? Jonathan Stone is an Irishman. Uh, he can't help that no more than I can. He's a good friend of mine. And he says, Richie, will you keep up to date? There are two cases of the Omicron variant in Ireland now. Two! <laughs> there are two! Like I said, kill them. Shoot both of them in the back of the head. Get one of those Manlicker Carcano rifles and you'll only need one bullet. Shoot them and then close the borders. That's what they need to do in Ireland. This uh, Tory voter, this uh, this old Tory voter is fed up of the measures and he's fed up of Boris Johnson. So he rang into the... Uh, <laughs> he rang into LBC this afternoon to talk to LBC and I, I think there are one or two giggles in that. This guy's a Maggie... He's a Maggie Thatcher fan. He's a fan of Maggie Thatcher. Loves a bit of Maggie. Have a listen to this guy. But Boris has come to Feather's Nest to make sure he's fan. I'll tell you what he's done to us. And we've, I've been conservative all my life. All my life. Since Maggie Thatcher. Right? And I'll tell you what, we used to see Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. In, in, well, oi, oi, oi. We're going to see with Boris. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. Do you remember that? Yeah, we used to say die, die, die. Though that's what we used to say in Ireland. We said different yeah, things in Liverpool at the time, as I recall. One Macedonia was going to going to gas and going to all this and all that. Do you mean we had no time for the gas miners up north? But nobody in fact he had no time for the gas miners up north. I miss doing radio phone-ins. When you haven't, I mean, I don't have a clue, but I know because of this program, I know you're going to phone in and say something sensible. I miss doing the phone-ins when you had no idea what was coming up. To gas and gas all this and all that. Do you mean we had no time for the, for the uh, gas miners up north? The gas miners. But not being funny, this ain't about north-south or anything. This is about Boris letting the whole country bloody down. Do you know what I mean? Dead. He's absolutely... Do you know what? He didn't know about it. I'll tell you what, I bet he had a gin and tonic. And I don't care what anyone says. There's no way that my mum and dad would go on holiday without me knowing I had a party, even if I got Molly made in to clean up often. I still knew I had a party. <laughs> no way his mum and dad wouldn't know if they went on holiday. They wouldn't know if he had a party. Green. And what I'm saying is we've had enough of this now. No, we've had it. Twins of mates have got family, no confidence. So for your money, up. Darren, there was a party and he knew there was a party. Oh, he knew it. Cool, blimey, he knew there was a party. Oh, listen, he used to... Listen, I've never known a man to start so much. I remember what they said in the police station. If you start, they know you lied. Oh, we know he lied. Remember what they said in the police station. If you stutter, we know you're lying. That's that's incredibly... That's really intelligent. Listen, we've accepted his lies because, not being funny, we thought, oh, Boris, you're a bit of an old Winston Churchill. Up we go, because we're all... A little bit of patrioticness. We love a bit of Winston Churchill. We love a bit. Listen, he was he was your icon, Winston Churchill. <laughs> he got the country up and he got us fighting when we were near enough surrendering. But Boris has got us bloody surrendering before we're fighting. Oh my gosh, Darren! Oh. They just chucked him off. Then, I mean, I I would have never chucked him off ever. I would have cancelled the next two interviews and just left him rip. Off you go there. And by the way, if his name is Darren, my name is Melanie. Anyway, it's uh, five minutes to six o'clock. This is the Richie Allen Radio Show. I, I'm, I'm surviving longer than I thought I would survive. We might. Our next goal is to get to 6.30. I'm filling, I'm filling, I'm filling in the rain. Because it's chucking it down out there. What have we got next then? Oh yeah, yeah. So they announced the movement to Plan B this coming Friday. 
This is the thing that really boils your piss. We don't need our piss to be boiled. I will read your comments in a few minutes, by the way. Hang, hang on there. I'll need to fill a bit more, so I'll read your comments. We don't need our piss to be boiled. But when they announced this nonsense yesterday, Johnson, and he was flanked by Chris Whitty and Patrick Valance, England's chief medical officer and the government's chief scientific advisor, respectively. At the same time, SAGE, that's the scientific advisory group for emergencies, they were saying behind Johnson's back that Plan B is not going to be enough. This was yesterday. Listen to Sky News presenter Jane Secker. The Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, has said that implementing Plan B COVID restrictions now will mean we could avoid the need for future measures in the future. However, SAGE documents released yesterday suggest that Plan B is unlikely to be enough, even if the disease is milder with Omicron. Well, the SPY-MO modelling group warned that if Omicron in the UK combined with increased transmissibility and immune escape, Irrespective of severity, it is highly likely that very stringent measures would be required to keep growth, control growth and keep R below one. Very stringent measures, said Sage, while Johnson was saying, we'll move to plan B and we'll keep it under review. You see, it's a lie. It's not going to end with plan B. It's going to move on and become ever more draconian and Orwellian. Not six months or a year down the line, but in the next two weeks, the next four weeks, the next six weeks. They're liars. So, Jane Secker, having dropped that bombshell, spoke to Thomas Moore. He's Sky's scientific correspondent. Listen to this bastard. This is supposed to be a journalist, this guy, Thomas Moore. Listen to the things he says. She puts it to him, well, a... A lockdown then, a proper lockdown, is kind of inevitable, isn't it? Listen to his response, Sky's own scientific correspondent. No, and it, all the way through this pandemic, the, the key indicator for the government has been the, the pressure on hospitals. And we heard uh, from uh, the SAGE uh, committee yesterday, the government's uh, scientific advisers, that uh, there is likely to be a very sharp rise uh, in hospital admissions because of Omicron, likely to be a 1,000 admissions uh, per day by the end of this year and peaking somewhere above 1,000 to 2,000 a day, probably in January. Now, bear in mind that... This is horseshit now. And I wish you could see this guy's face. I can't because this is radio and I've taken the audio. But if you'd seen him earlier on, he looked very almost worried that somebody would call him out on his lies. They haven't a clue as to how many people will need to go into hospital for treatment or how many people will not need to go into hospital. He's just making it up on the hoof. And because he can do that, it gets worse and worse as he goes on the doomsday scenarios. Listen. Bear in mind that there were four and a half thousand hospital admissions at the peak of the January wave. So we're not there. But um, if that uh, high rate was sustained, hospitals would become um, under pressure very, very swiftly. Uh, and of course, early intervention uh, is going to be much more effective at trying to slow that. And which is why they have tried to bring in some restrictions. Working from home, for example, 
people who are at home have roughly two, three contacts with other people a day. Those at work have around six contacts with other people every day. So you can see that alone is going to reduce the opportunities for the virus to transmit, though, of course, it's undermined somewhat by still allowing Christmas parties to go ahead. Masks, too, will have some effect, but nowhere near enough to actually bring the R number below one, which is... Nowhere near enough to bring the R number below one. None of what the government is doing will be enough to stop this Omicron disaster, says a Sky reporter, unchallenged, obviously by his colleague back in the studio. This is absolute mind-boggling stuff, this. I can't... I I don't think I could ever explain to you what it does to me to hear this stuff. Of course, is what would be needed to to bring this uh, this outbreak uh, to a to a what outbreak to a, to a halt, and that is why they're trying to make sure that as many people as possible get that booster. Those most vulnerable are nearly all protected now, which is good news. But you don't need to reduce the effectiveness of the vaccine very much to increase the number of people who would be vulnerable to a severe disease that could put them in hospital. Absolute disgraceful, that. Yeah, Absolutely. Thanks very much. Yeah, she says thanks very much. She's not going to question any of that. Claire Conway makes a good point. Can't bloody discharge with no care available. So that is horse crap, says Claire on richieallen.co.uk. Yes, by their own admission, there are 10,000 seniors blocking beds. Now, when, when I say that, I must find a new way to say that. The seniors are not doing anything wrong. But they can't be discharged even though their treatment has come to a conclusion. For now. Or the need to stay in hospital, that need is no longer there. You can go home now and convalesce. But they can't because of a shortage of social care workers. So liars like Sky's Thomas Moore When we inevitably get to a point in a few weeks' time when there isn't a single bed in the country, not because of COVID, not because of the flu, not because of rotavirus, but because they've taken beds out of hospitals year in, year out for three decades. They don't have enough doctors. They don't have enough nurses. They are 10,000 doctors down. They are 40,000 nurses down. So it'll collapse as it always does. But that will not get a mention on Sky or the BBC. It'll be cases, 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 cases. Putting pressure on the NHS. We can't allow it to collapse. We have to intervene. That's when you get the full lockdown. No doubt about that. Patrizia says Johnson resembles someone who has been comfort eating for the entire UK. The rotten, maggot-ridden lump of lard, putrefying from the inside out, says Patrizia. (laughs) Yeah. While Witless looked like a walking dead ghoul snuffling around like an old hog to see if he could find a shroud with pockets, Witty does look very unwell, doesn't he? And he has done since the outset of this scam. He has. Chris says they may get Omicron and die. Socially unacceptable. Well, to sort of quote Paul Weller, but I want nothing this society's got. Uh, That's Chris. Hi to Martin in northern Spain as well. How are you doing? 
Abdel says it's Paul Whitehouse. Darren may have been Paul Whitehouse, the uh, very, very funny English comedian. Paul says the Jeremy Vine Show segment, I don't understand. The jab doesn't stop you getting it or transmitting it. It only stops you being so critically ill with it if you get it. Right, says Paul. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't someone who isn't jabbed more at risk from everyone else? Not a danger to anyone else. That's a good point as well. Thank you, Paul. Robert says Daniel Arusso stuck his nose where it wasn't wanted, Richie. I agree with you regarding Daniel-san. Yes. That's why I like Cobra Kai. Because Johnny gets his licks in. Uh, Colin tells me Cobra Kai returns to our screens, thank God. Late December, early January. Love a bit of Cobra Kai. Julie says, Richie, I do look forward to your show. And I miss it when it's not on. So I'm happy you decided to turn up today. Thank you, Julie. I always do, anyway. It's, look, it's just... Do you know what it is? I, I had a holiday. The... Last two and a half weeks of August. I've come back. September, October, November and half of December, nearly, not half. And in that time I've had one day off. So it's it's getting to that time anyway. Not just me, but presumably you as well. We're all thinking of a bit of downtime. And I was knackered today. I had a very long day yesterday because of our personal family business. I had me nuts off. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I'm trying. Um, I didn't have me nuts off. No. Nobody going near any of my nuts. I meet a lovely guy in the park in the mornings. He's got a lovely dog called Oscar. And he just will not give Oscar's nuts to chop. And I really respect that, you know. He says, I don't want him to lose any of his personality, Richie. I said, well, you've nothing to lose, really, have you? He can't get pregnant. So I understand that. Leia, our golden retriever, is two. She hasn't had her snip. We have no intentions of breeding her. She's our friend. We're not going to pimp her out for puppies. We love her. But at the same time, we've just not given her the snip. I don't think we will. We'll leave her off. We'll leave her as she is. Isabel says, tell Jeremy... I have the answer. Jabbed people can get tattooed a barcode on their head. The 5G towers will learn to read these barcodes and any incorrect reading will generate a siren as an alert uh, the gun machines blaring drones to come and shoot the non-jabbed. Jesus, that's dystopian. That's very Blade Runner. Yeah, why not? Hi to Joe Public. How you doing, Joe? No, mate, it's Thursday. You are right. Lovely. Okay. Katya reminds me, Richie, it's communism like we had in Russia. Jesus help us, she says. It is. It is. And it's time for another tune. And then more chat. Because confidence is a preference for the habitual voyeur of what is known as... This is Darren from LBC Radio. Now what I mean Yeah Blur Park Life On the Richie Allen Show 10 minutes past 6 Thursday The 9th of December 2021 Here's a story now That I'm I'm glad this came across my desk I'd be gutted If I found this out later on And realised that I could have brought it to you Live 
More than 40 camels have been disqualified from Saudi Arabia's beauty pageant for camels, wait for it, for receiving Botox injections and other cosmetic enhancements. What kind of fuckery are you? Yes, yes. Is there anything that people won't fix? Anything. Anything. The answer is no, obviously. 40 camels have been disqualified because they were given Botox injections and other cosmetic enhancements. Answers on a postcard, please, as to what the other cosmetic enhancements might be. The contest, the Camel Beauty Contest, is a highlight of the King Abdulaziz Camel Festival, where $66 million in prize money is at stake. These are souls in the sand. They have too much money, haven't they? And too much time on their hands. Now, for your camel to have a chance, some of the key attributes include long, droopy lips. (laughs) It can get lonely in the desert, you know. A big nose and a shapely hump. Now, judges in Saudi Arabia have advanced technological instruments to aid them in uncovering if the camels have been tampered with. This is according to the Saudi press agency, SPA. All contestants were first led into a hall where their external appearance and their movements were examined by specialists. Their heads, necks and torsos were scanned with X-ray and 3D ultrasound machines and samples were taken for genetic analysis and other tests. Mother of divine Jesus Christ. Wow. 27 camels were disqualified for having stretched body parts. 16 were ejected for having received injections. The organisers of the pageant, the Camel Club, amazingly, were cited as saying that they were keen to halt all acts of tampering and deception in the beautification of camels. It is not April 1st. I've just had a look at the bottom right-hand side of my screen. It is December the 9th. They injected the poor camel's lips, noses, jaws and parts of their heads with Botox, with collagen fillers. But you know, $66 million, you can understand why they've attempted to fix it. I used to fix the egg and spoon race. And I used to do that because in Ireland we never ran egg and spoon races using actual eggs. Because eggs were deemed, I don't know, it was somehow deemed unpalatable or unsavoury, no pun intended, to use eggs in case you dropped them and broke them and wasted food. So we would use potatoes. So it should have been called the spud and spoon race or the potato and spoon race. But it wasn't. It was still called the egg and spoon race. The egg and spoon race on sports day usually followed the three-legged race where you and your best pal had your legs well, one leg each, obviously, tethered together, and you'd hold each other around the shoulders and you'd run like the clappers until you fell down and your parents laughed at you and took photographs. So the egg and spoon race came after the three-legged race. And in the egg and spoon race, we used a potato. So it was very easy to fix that because all you had to do was insert the sharp end of your spoon 
a little bit into the base of the potato and then run like Forrest Gump and then as he got to the end fall down as he fell over the line and while you did that you quickly removed the spud from the sharp end of the spoon and you got away with it. I tried it and didn't get away with it. I was disqualified. That was in sixth standard in Ballybeg and St. Saviour's. So they're fixing the old beauty pageant for the camels. Right, this is interesting. Angela Rayner, <clears throat> excuse me, is the deputy leader of the Labour Party. Now, I'm not saying she's sick now, Angie Rayner, but she did once go to the dentist to sort out her Bluetooth. I'm not saying she's dumb now, Angie Rayner, but she did put airbags on her laptop in case it crashed. Now, she was on Julia Hartley Brewer's talk radio programme this morning. It was interesting. Uh, Keir Starmer, Angie Rayner's boss, the leader of the Labour Party, he is waving Plan B through. <laughs> you know, there are people with locked-in syndrome that are more animated than Keir Starmer. Anyway, so she went on Angie Rayner to Julia Hartley Brewer's programme and Brewer wanted to know, you know, if the Labour Party and Keir Starmer was ever going to ask any questions about anything. So Brewer says this in so many words. Have a listen. Angie Rayner, Deputy Leader from Stockport. She's the Minister for Chavs. Here she is. So we think that we have to act because that's what the medical and the experts are saying we need to do. The Prime Minister, though, has completely undermined that with his actions over the last couple of days. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to that in a moment. You say that the medical advice and the science is telling us this. Um, there is no evidence whatsoever that vaccine passports prevent a surge in cases or indeed that mask mandates prevent a surge in cases. We've seen that in Scotland, in Wales. We've seen that in France, Italy, Germany, Austria. Why on earth do you think that the data backs up those uh, measures? Well, we're following the advice of the chief medical officer and the scientists who say that this will they be. They say, an, an... Have, well, in terms of the evidence, that do you, mm -hmm. when, when, when they give, when they say to Keir Starmer or to you or to, or to the government, this is what we think you should do. Do you, does, does Keir Starmer, does anyone ever think to say, can you show us the evidence for that, please? Brilliant. Brilliant. So, Deputy Leader of the Labour Party, when these boffins say that. We should do this or do that and wear masks. Do you think to ask for any evidence? She tries to sidestep the question. For that, please. Well, clearly there is evidence that mask wearing does reduce the amount of infection rates and therefore we've said that people should be wearing masks. And obviously... There is no evidence that says that mask wearing... There's no evidence that suggests that masks, mask wearing... Reduces the transmission of anything. None. Obviously, if you're going to an event where lots of people are going to be gathering, then making sure that you've had a test that shows that you don't have COVID is, you know, a diligent thing to do. Because obviously, if you've got an infection and you're going to a mass event, then the likelihood is, is that you're going to spread that infection around. So these are pretty logical steps if you've got Some, an someone testing before they go to an event is very different from vaccine passports being required and that's the thing about julia hartley brewer it's why i've called it mainstream light brewer is happy brewer said later on in that program today she said 
I'm not going to show my vaccine status to anybody. I'm not going to tell anybody if I've had a jab or not in order to be admitted to an event. Now, Brewer is an idiot because she has stated repeatedly that she has had the jabs herself. She said, I've had the jabs, but I don't think they should be mandated. Fair enough. But she says that she's happy to do the tests. They don't get it, do they? I, I, I refuse to carry a piece of paper or to carry an app that, that reveals my vaccination status. But yeah, I'm happy to do a test. I'm happy to live in a world where to go to the pub or to the restaurant or to go and see a gig, I will take a test to prove that I'm safe. She's okay with that, Brewer. Julia Hartley Brewer. Uh, 19 minutes past six. The filling is, the filling is going well. I'm filling. I'm filling time. Obviously not. I've done a lot of prep today. Of course I have. But uh, thanks. Thanks for noticing. RichieAllen.co.uk Comment live menu bar. That's where you leave your comments. Okay. Lucy says, if you have an infection, you're not going anywhere because you feel crap. Again, that's a good distinction to draw. People are testing positive for something because of a banjaxed, useless PCR test. And those people are being listed as having COVID when there is nothing wrong with many of those people. Nothing. Not so much as a temperature. Not so much as a cough. That's the thing. It's very good. Make the distinction. Cases, you say. How many of them are ill? How many of them have had to stay away from work? How many of them have had to go to hospital? She is the Minister for Chavs, Angie Rayner. I'm no snob, by the way. I know where I come from. I'm a working class lad. I'm proud of it. Karen Williams. How you doing, Karen? Hi to John Heffernan. Hi to... Uh, let me scroll on down there now. Hi to Andrew Lamb, who says he was watching a show the other day and it says there's a bill going through Congress aiming to empower the state to track the unjabbed. Now that is dystopian. Uh, says Andrew. It is if it's true, Andrew, but we wouldn't be surprised by that, would we? That wouldn't uh, shake us to our very foundations now, would it? I wouldn't have thought so. JC says, just before the hoax, if you remember, that France and Switzerland were banning Muslim women wearing the veil, as they said it was oppressive for the women. Wow, how people, uh, how quickly people forget these things, says JC. That's another good point. Tell you what, the listeners to this programme are very clued in. Absolutely clued in. Lovely. Folks, I'm going to say this because Patrizia has asked me a nice question. But I'm going to say this. Um, one or two of you get in touch with me and you say, I'd like to support the programme, Richie. But uh, I can't because I don't want to make a bank transfer. And, and I can't because I don't want to use Patreon. That's okay. Fair enough. I cannot and will not ever give out my address to anybody for obvious reasons. A PO box is out of the question. It's just not feasible. So you either meet me halfway or you don't. Somebody said on the website Comment Live some time ago and I came very close to banning the person. It annoyed me so much and then I thought don't be annoyed and don't be banning anybody because I don't ban people. Somebody said to me that I should get uh, crypto 
It was very rude. It was a three line or a two a two word line. Get crypto. In other words, you do five radio shows a week, Richie, on your own, at enormous personal expense to yourself, and financial expense, by the way, to yourself. You work 80 hours a week, but I'm not going to make an effort to support your programme through making a bank transfer. It's my way or the highway. Do crypto, or I'm just going to continue to listen to your programme for free and, and not help at all. So that, that's been kind of in the back of my mind. There's a bank account number, sort code, the whole lot with the, the, the BIC number, the EBAN number. There's a Patreon thing. Use one of those or don't. And if you don't, and of course, 99 out of every 100 listeners have never and will never support the programme because that's the nature of humanity. If you don't support it, I'd prefer you just didn't tell me. Because I, I don't, you know, I, I, I couldn't be arsed about it. But don't be telling me to get crypto and to do this. Don't be telling me that I should do this to facilitate your support for the programme. I'm not going to meet you halfway. It's as simple as that. Why should I? 80 years a week for seven years. It's cost me an, an incredible amount, personally and professionally. And you, you, you come after me about crypto. Stick your crypto up your arse. I don't have any crypto or any crypto wallet. There's a bank account and there's a Patreon thing. Use it or don't use it. If you don't want to support the programme, that's your absolute right. But don't be telling me I should open up some other account somewhere else. Um, that's incredibly arrogant and conceited. It really is. C considering what you are getting five days a week and have been for seven years. You know? All right. Okay. Yeah, that did bug me, actually. It was, it was about a week ago. Somebody telling me, go and get crypto. Go and fuck off. How about them apples? Fran says, Richie, tell the man in the park he can get a super Lauren implant for his dog. My dog has one, and it's turned him from a dog who is aggressive towards other males into a lovely, playful, happy boy. It hasn't ruined his personality, and it hasn't ruined his coat either, which neutering will. Fran, you learn something new every day, and I obviously learn a lot every day. I never heard of such a thing, but that's very interesting. Now, his dog Oscar isn't aggressive. He just likes the ladies. Like most male dogs, when the females are in season or are in heat, they get a little bit amorous. Uh, but that's about it, really. But that's an interesting one now. Super Lauren implant. We'll have to look that one up, so we will. Moving along then for another few minutes, why not? Uh Jackie Smith is a former Home Secretary. She's one of Tony Blair's girls. Remember Jackie Smith? She was on BBC uh, Politics. She was on Politics Live this lunchtime. And just again, you know how, not to be depressing you, I think it's been a very light-hearted programme today, thankfully. But just, just listen, you know, this constant talk about restrictions or punishment for the unjabbed. Listen to Jackie Smith on Politics Live on BBC Two today. We'll hear from her and then from a woman called Tamandra Harkness. Jackie Smith. The booster campaign is fundamentally important. It's been um, knocked off track this week. 
I don't believe in compulsory mandatory vaccines, but I do believe if you choose not to have a vaccine or you can't prove mm. that you have had a negative test very recently, that there shouldn't be consequences for that. That's not totalitarian. When I was in France in the summer, people took it for granted that they were showing their vaccine status in order to get into a bar or a cafe or somewhere else inside. It strikes me that that is just a, a sensible way in order to promote vaccine take up and to protect those of us who are wanting to go about our lives properly. You shouldn't have to have a vaccine, but it's not wrong that there are consequences if you don't. Consequences, you see, that's there's a lot of commentators like Smith going down that road. You know, kind of mealy mouth it. You know, well, I'm I'm not saying that it should be mandated, but there should be consequences for the unjabbed. Now, Tamandra Harkness is a BBC radio presenter. She was on the same program. What's wrong well, with that? well, it is coercion if you're trying to exclude people from aspects of public Things life. That are non-essential. It is coercion, uh, and you should not coerce people to have medical treatments. And it actually doesn't even work if you want it to persuade people. The people who already suspect there is some kind of conspiracy going on, they don't really trust the government. If you introduce some kind of compulsion, they say, see, the conspiracy theorists were right. I was right to refuse it. I'm digging my heels in. I'm definitely not getting it now. And it's not just me saying that, by the way. If you ask behavioural scientists who are on SAGE, they say the same thing. Research shows you get a little bump of people who were going to do it and get round to it. They get vaccinated. And the people who who were definitely not wanting to really definitely don't want to, whereas you can persuade them and they will eventually get vaccinated. Where are you, Lloyd? Because Labour looks like they're going to support them. Yeah, she goes on to Lloyd. She goes on to Lloyd Russell Mole. And uh, he basically agrees that you've got to incentivise the unjabbed while at the same time not mandating it. Folks, that's it for me for today. Thanks for listening to it. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. 90 minutes is your lot today. Back with you on Sunday for Sunday Morning Melodies. That's the uh, music show, songs and stories on Sunday. Sunday morning. In the meantime, have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for being there for me every week, every weekday. I love it. And it means a lot to me. Take care of yourselves and one another. Sunday at 10 then. Until then, have a fantastic weekend, as I said. Bye now.